Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman, a mom to an incredible young adult son on the autism spectrum. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast three years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. The special needs parenting village is large, so you should never feel like you have to travel this journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my website, Facebook page, or Instagram account. And let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, please leave a rating and written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season three of Living the Sky Life. Before I go into my episode with my daughter, Kendall, I just want to apologize up front for some of the audio issues. Um, I'm not sure if it's because we were using the same microphone or the weather outside caused my internet to do a little weird things, but um, there are a couple spots that I could not edit out. Um, I'm just not that skilled uh, with um, the audio. It just kind of runs really quick for a second, um, but it shouldn't affect the quality of what she was trying to say. So again, my apologies and enjoy this episode with my daughter, Kendall. So welcome back to Living the Sky Life. My guest today is back by popular demand. It is my 16-year-old neurotypical daughter, Kendall. I really hate introducing you that way as neurotypical, but it needs to be said um, so that this episode makes sense. Um, I had Kendall on about a year ago, and I got a lot of feedback that um, her episode was very interesting, and she said some things that um, parents of special needs children, particularly autistic children who are nonverbal, um, there are a lot of things that our other kids don't experience. So Kendall shed some light on some of those things. So this time I decided to um, ask the masses um, what kind of things that they wondered about their relationships between their kids. Um, so I just uh, received a bunch of questions. So I noted some of those and um, Kendall has been willing to talk about some of these things. So we'll just kind of dive right in. Um, one of the, the first questions and the main questions I got repeatedly, um, Kendall, is uh, what have been the hardest parts of growing up with an autistic sibling? Um, I feel lonely. Like, not a lot of people, I don't know anybody that can relate to me that I could, you know. Like um, your peers, you mean? Yes, mm -hmm. yeah, and family, like, no one really understands, and it is kind of lonely just having these issues and not really knowing who to talk to them about, because there really isn't anyone that can understand, and it's, like, I just remember spending a lot of time by myself like in my room because I just didn't want to be near him because he you know uh, just all the stress I had as a kid that I didn't know about until later and I just spent a lot of time by myself and entertaining myself and I just realized just it's really lonely and not being able just, to play with him when you were little and even now yeah. just having teenage banter <laughs> it's not even like lonely it's different like have a sibling and they're not there versus if I just didn't have any, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. Do you, did you ever find yourself kind of, you know, hoping and, and, and wishing that he would be able to play with you someday or like talk to you or that he would eventually come to be a sibling that you could 
at least talk to and communicate with? Does that make it harder for you, I guess, that he's nonverbal and it's hard for you to, any of us, to really communicate with him? I mean, I never really dreamed about it. I mean, maybe I have before, just mm-hmm. thinking, like, I wonder what he would have, he'd be like. But I don't know. I never really dreamed about, like, okay, when he's able to do this, like, mm-hmm. I can't wait for this. I just kind of accepted it, to be honest, and mm-hmm. just, I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, I guess a, a second question that kind of plays off of that one is, um, what's helped you overcome the hardships of feeling lonely? Um, is it something that you are able to talk about in therapy? Um, do you, did you get to a certain age where you feel like you can be honest with me and tell me, like, I feel lonely and, um, you know, just let us know how you were feeling or are you still, have you still not overcome those hardships? Are you still dealing with it every single day and trying to figure it out? Um, well, I do, I still do. I, daydream a lot it's just kind of like helped me cope with a lot of things not just Skylar but just other issues that I've had to deal with and it was when I was alone in my room that's how I kept myself entertained I just like I don't know my my the world in my head even now is so like I can't explain it easily I just I just always wanted to be like a person that I made up that I could talk to about it instead of a person because I didn't know how they were gonna respond to it and you said about I think you've come to the age where you're more comfortable talking about it it was more of like I didn't know I had issues with it because for my whole childhood even like do you have any issues with this like are you okay and I'm like yeah I'm fine because I didn't know you don't know any different I didn't know Mm -hmm. and I just kind of subconsciously had all these issues and then I'm realizing now through therapy that a lot of things or because of like stress, it's a lot of it is stress induced behaviors that I had. Um, you know, I'm like, oh, and it started to, I, I'm just starting to realize now, like, okay, this caused this issue, and this is why I was like this, and this is why I feel this way sometimes. And it was more of just realizing, like, what it is, and what it was as a kid is just like. Did you try to not? blame his autism and did you try to look for other things so that it wasn't like a like a go-to like oh it's his autism that causes this and this stresses me out and this isn't fair and all of these things did you try to look because I just remember asking you like you said I've always kind of asked you whether that's something you wanted me to do or not do I just always wanted to keep a pulse on you and how you were feeling and I just you know I think that's one of the things that we as parents with multiple children stress about is that are we enough for every child and every need that you each have? Cause Skylar takes a lot of time and a lot of energy. And I never wanted you to feel like you weren't getting even equal amounts. Like, you know, that you were neglected in any way from our attention and our things. just back, back in the day, even a few years ago, I would say, is it this, is it this about your brother? That's causing you to pace or to have anxiety when you always were very quick to say, no, 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 it's not him. It's not autism. It's not any of that. And then until recently, when you've really, really dove into therapy, um, and we love your therapist. She's so great. Mm -hmm. And, um, you finally now are like, you know what? It is this, this, his hitting or his chasing me and pulling my hair or these things. I tried not to blame it on that, but that's exactly what it is. And I don't know if, did you feel like you, 
you couldn't tell me that, that I would, that it would hurt my feelings if it was about Skylar or it would hurt his feelings. I mean, once I realized it, I kind of, like, I don't know if you remember, I was like, yeah, it's this. And you were shocked because like up until that point, I was like, no. Yeah. I just internalized this as a kid. And again, I didn't know, but it's, it is different if you were the one like chasing me and hitting me and all that stuff because then it would be like acceptable to be anxious about it but when it's him it's not that like like I would tell people when I was a kid like they were like oh like ask me about my brother and I was like yeah he hits and he pulls hair and they're like okay (laughs) like literally it's (laughs) it it is it's not different but it is and that was kind of hard I was like so it's not valid for me to feel like like the stress of being hit all the time and it's because it is different and it's kind of always felt wrong for me to say like just be mad and say that it is what it is because it's like is it because you felt guilty feeling that way like he always seek you out to, to hurt you like you know he hits all of us and we all know that sometimes he means it. You can tell on his face and other times it's just, he cannot control his body. And it's just kind of his go-to to to communicate is to have negative behaviors and stuff. So are you saying that you, you know, if your other friends, when you're, when you guys were little or whatever, if your friends were like, yeah, my brother hits me too, or whatever, like they just couldn't, it couldn't, it wasn't relatable because he's not hitting you because he's being a pesky brother. He was hitting you because he's autistic and this is a behavior that he has. Mm -hmm. And, you were like, this doesn't, I can't compare. So I'm not even going to share stories. Most of the time, like the stories that I really remember, like he does just like swat his hand and it just like happens to hit me if I'm sitting there. Mm-hmm. But there have been times where he's really like gone after me mm-hmm. before. Yep. And that's, it's scary. It really is. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, I mean, I remember I couldn't try to get you away from me, but if when it's him, I can't hurt him. I can't fight back or do anything because then I'm the bad guy because I, hurt someone who's just autistic he doesn't know any better so I just have to let him like I just had to let him hurt me sometimes because I didn't have a choice and it's kind of messed with me these like Mm -hmm. since I've realized that it's really not okay and it's everybody like I don't know played it off like it was and I don't understand that it was different Mm -hmm. and how nobody I I shouldn't say nobody is like a generalized say that but a lot of people just didn't think that I would have issues with it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was almost like just, again, not valid. It wasn't. You truly... were sacrificing yourself because like you said, I felt guilty or like I, I wouldn't go want... after him. Because... I just like, I didn't want to get in trouble because I, because I mean, it would be wrong for me to fight back. True. Like just by well, moral sometimes. standards, it is. <laughs> I know, but and I know what you're saying. I just, it's just hard knowing that. I just had to let him hurt me sometimes because I really didn't have a choice because it was wrong to fight back. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's, I understand what you're saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it, it is hard. Cause and as a kid, I just knew that. Cause I was always, whenever he hit me or pulled my hair, you're like, he doesn't mean it. He's like, he doesn't mean it. Like it's okay. And I'm like, all right. And then I guess I just, like as a kid, I didn't think about anything as a kid, even mm-hmm. like other issues that I have that I've dealt with besides Skylar. It's like, I didn't think that it was anything cause I didn't know anything different. Mm-hmm. Like I was always 
this way and they're people and like normal wise I was like and then I really thought about it after therapy and I was like (laughs) we really don't have a normal household do we no and it's really like (laughs) it's hard to I don't want people to know that my brother hits me either. Yeah, like no, as a I know kid, I was saying. like, yeah, he does like because I just didn't know. But now I'm like, we always now told that people. I know what it really is. I was like, okay, I don't want my friends now to know this that I well, and it, like that this yeah. And I now I don't feel comfortable having people over because I don't want them to hurt my friends or anything. Well, that leads to another question that was sent in um, to ask you, which kind of goes along those lines: Are you comfortable now or? When did you become comfortable um, explaining autism when someone asks you? All the little girls that used to spend the night and whatever, they all, you know, were so gracious with your brother. Mm-hmm. And we just made games out of it and chased, you know, him and stuff. But um, in talking about autism, if people ask you, well, like, what, what, why does your brother in that stroller? Or why did, you know, was there a period of time where you just avoided those questions like the plague and you really didn't want to be asked about it? And maybe you're still that way. And if if so, have you overcome that? And how do you explain your brother to people? Really? Nobody asked me about it. Like, as a kid, my friends did, obviously. And I would tell them the truth. So I was like, yeah, he does this. And they're like, okay. And But now, no one's asked me to explain it now. Because if you see, like, at our age, if you see somebody that's obviously handicapped in a stroller, you're not going to be like, what's wrong with him? Like, you don't ask questions like that. Well, some rude people do, but yeah. So, (laughs) Do you think it's because you also, I've noticed as you've aged, less and less people, well, not less people, no people come to our house. You know, I've I've asked you, like, you know what, do you want any of your friends over to swim this summer? Do you want to, you know, whatever. Even when people pick you up, you won't let them come in you they pick you up in the driveway which it, it kills me because that's not how I was brought up but um I, I just I I know you're not embarrassed of him or maybe you are like what what brings that about I guess so it's probably the opposite of the question I asked you like why are you not comfortable talking about autism or having anybody over at our house to see him in action you know he might have a good day or he might have a bad day are you Honestly, not willing just, to risk that? Like, the friends that I have now don't really know. I mean, they know that my brother's autistic, but they don't know, like... The severity of it. Liter- yeah, they just mm-hmm. don't. And it's almost like I don't want them to see what it's like living. Because it is... It's loud, and it's like... He might throw a plate and break it against the wall, or mm-hmm. he'll, like... I don't know. Do you worry like, that they'll pity you? No, I just... It's okay. just embarrassing, I guess, to, like... I just don't want anybody to know now um and i've always been a private person anyways mm-hmm. like uh, maybe it's just because my room was my temple like in both houses so it's like my safe spot so i didn't want anybody coming in and like i don't know mm-hmm. so you know for parents listening to yeah. I, I, that's so hard for us on the one hand I've never, ever complained or balked at the fact that you go up to your room until he goes to bed and then you come out and, you know, hang out with us and whatever, because I knew you needed your space from him. But it's really sad to me that there's such a divide and that you almost in a sense are um, isolated. And I know you're not ashamed of him. I know you're not. I know you love your brother, but to not want to expose anybody else to our little world. It almost feels like we're living in this shameful secret house that you don't want anybody to see. And I can only say that I reference that because as you know, quite well, 
my dad was a severe alcoholic mm -hmm. and um i hid that from most people that knew me growing up they didn't realize that my household was complete chaos all the time and um i i put a smile on my face and went to school every day and just like i see you doing you know you don't talk about it unless you're asked about it mm -hmm. does that weigh on you i mean is that a really hard place to be kind of floating the line between letting anybody know about your life in your house and then just pretending that it doesn't exist once you leave the house. I mean, like I said, like, I'm not, I don't have a problem telling people like, yeah, my brother has autism. They're like, okay, but I don't really want them to know exactly like, I mean, just how he is and how the mm -hmm. house is and what I live with and how I live really. And I, I just, I don't know. I've never really been comfortable talking about it mm -hmm. with my friends and I don't think I will, but I just, I don't know. I just, it's hard. It's, it's hard to like put into words mm -hmm. how I feel about some of this. It just makes me sad. You know, like you've heard Nana say it to me a million times, like your sister's going to be your best friend one day. And she <laughs> is now, but I couldn't stand her and she couldn't stand me growing up <laughs> in high school. But you know, I just, I long for the day that Skylar can communicate and that you come home from college or from your job or whatever and you, you know, take him out to Kroger and go pick up something or when he's not, when we can control his behaviors, when he can communicate and we can understand him better. I just, I would love for the two of you to have a relationship of some kind. I'm sure it'll be surface level, but for him to actually miss you when you're gone and when you come back, you know, be really excited to see you instead of chasing after you and pulling your <laughs> you know, yeah, I like just, if I got too much attention from him when I was a kid, he would chase me around the yeah, house. So, that, yep. That was hard. That was really hard. Um, well, I guess kind of along those lines too, that another person asked what something done different growing up, maybe what, what, what we as parents maybe did or didn't do or something that, I mean, quite honestly, I don't think there's anything else you could have done. Just like, I mean, there really wasn't a lot I was going to like have issues with it later on either way so it was mm -hmm. like i don't know what else you could have done because you could like change him you couldn't make it any better really you just kind of had to you did the best with what you could have done well thank you and <laughs> i'm still trying <laughs> and i do appreciate that you try like you go out of your way to like hey um need like we're gonna go out and do this and we can when skyler's not here and we can mm -hmm. have fun together and do this together. And when we would, when I used to do dance, you would like go to competition with me and we had fun. You just try to have like, appreciate that. Well, I loved that too. I loved our little sleepovers that we used to have when uh -huh. he went to bed and you'd sleep in my bed on the weekends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was single. It was easier Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. just sleep in my bed. Uh, <laughs> um, well, someone else asked, how can we as parents still make you feel loved and special? Because as I said, and you know, you've lived 16 years of it. Um, your brother takes a lot of time mm -hmm. and energy and he takes most of the attention away from me during the hours of 6 a.m. when he wakes up to 6.37 p.m. when he goes to bed finally. Um, mm -hmm. And I know you have your own life, but um, how can parents, you know, make you feel loved and special i mean like i said with like 
just you going out of your way to make time for me and do like when I was little you would like do what I wanted to make me feel because mm-hmm. otherwise it is truly about him all the time mm-hmm. so just I was appreciated that you did that for me that you would like of course I didn't get it then but now well like, not well, many kids do I but appreciate it that means a lot to know you know just again a lot of these parents honestly if they're like they're gonna grow up and they're gonna realize mm-hmm. what you've done for them and they're gonna be grateful. So, they're man. I mean, if your kids are really young, they're not gonna know about it now and they're gonna be might be mad at you for not spending enough time with them. But yeah, later they'll like they'll come to appreciate it. Well, that's good. I mean, again, that's one of the things I constantly think about. Like, gosh, when you're an adult, are you gonna look back and go, man? you know, my childhood sucked. Like, you know, like I didn't get to do anything. I didn't whatever. And I mean, I feel like I still try hard to make every situation special for you. I think I referenced in the book, like taking you on Easter egg hunts when I was single, single mom. And, you know, your brother was in a stroller or whatever, but I didn't, as much as he was difficult to handle and it was really chaotic, I didn't want you to miss Easter egg hunts because that's part of growing up. You should get to do those things. Mm-hmm. Going trick-or-treating. You know, you carrying his bag for him that you chose to do <laughs> was so sweet. Um, I got twice the candy, so. I, I know was, you did. Was... But I think, I, I do think that, um, and, and maybe you don't see this in yourself now, but I, I think that as parents too, as long as we show all of our kids that each one is just as important as the other and, and just like any parent does for their kids and, um, you can't help but have empathy rub off on you. Some of seeing what your brother goes through and us raising him and all of that stuff taught you kindness at a young age. I mean, you always tried to help me with his therapies when you were five and six and, <laughs> you know, handing him a PEX card or a treat or whatever reward. Um, you, you know, you really did try to insert yourself wherever you could to try to be part of his world. And, you know, I get that as you age, that just separates. I mean, you've got your own stuff going on you know, your own life. So I just, I hope that the empathy that you have at least was one, hopefully you would have had it anyways from having good, good being raised by strong parents, but hopefully that carries with you and you're, you know, a different person. I like to think that you're all of your passion around being a veterinarian and Mm -hmm. all that stuff and love of animals and just how tender hearted you are comes from seeing your brother struggle. It might just be a lot of it might just be me. Mm-hmm. Just like, I mean, I'm just that kind of person. But, I mean, maybe just because you would always tell me, like, I don't know, when I was younger, it just kind of explained to me, like, empathy for him, I guess. So, I really don't know where it came from. I can't really think of a time when I was, like, truly, like, empathetic for, like, a certain, I don't know, like, one point where I was, like, that I can think of that was more than more pronounced than it normally would be. So I don't know if it's, it could be that, I mean, I'm still trying to figure things out, but it, I mean, it could stem from that a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of it is just like me. I don't know. Did it upset you um, or just make you uneasy when um, I, like you referenced earlier, when I would say, or when he hit you or whatever, you know, you, there was times that you would yell to me, like he doesn't even get punished. He never gets in trouble when he pulls my hair or whatever. Um, and I, as you said, I would explain like he, he didn't mean to like, he, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I wish I would have been quicker to grab his hand, 
so he didn't get you. I'm so sorry. You know, are you okay? And I would try to comfort you, but then I would also try to explain, I didn't want you to hate him. You know, so I would try to explain like his body, he just doesn't, he doesn't have any control over that. He just is impulsive and he grabs and hits and does whatever he wants to do. And we're working on that. We're still working on that. He's 18. Um, but did it upset you? Did it make you feel like I wasn't being fair, treating you both the same? And I just that I handled that. I could have handled that differently or. I mean, I know, like I said, a lot of the times that I remember it was intentional. Like you can just see in his face that he is mad at me for just existing sometimes. And no. he goes after me and, and he does get away with it just because, I mean, what are you going to. Like, he doesn't care. You can put him in his bed all you want, but he's just going to do it again. Mm -hmm. So there's really no way to punish him because he's not going to change. So, like, I don't know. Maybe there's just resentment in that. Like, he meant it. He totally meant it. And he gets away with it because he just does because of his disability. And that's just the reality of it. Like, if it was anybody else, if he was a neurotypical brother, he definitely wouldn't have. And it would have not mm -hmm. been okay. But, like, when it's him, it, it is. So it's just so hard for us to, I, I, like you said, I can't punish him. I don't know how to, mm -hmm. I mean, there isn't a punishment really because he doesn't understand. I mean, I know he's cognitively 18 and he understands everything. We're saying. The consequent impulse control that he doesn't, I really, like you said, I could say, Skylar, we don't hit, you know, and whatever. And I'd make him give you a high five to apologize since he doesn't hug or anything like that. But I mean, he'd turn right around if I turned my back and he'd grab your hair again. Mm -hmm. So there was no result in punishment because it, he didn't understand that part of it. So that's a, that's so tough because there are so many families that go through the same thing where their child has behaviors and they break things of their siblings or they hit or they whatever. And as a parent, I don't know the answer. I don't know what to do. Each child is different, but mm -hmm. it's hard because you don't want your neurotypical child to think that they're not important enough to punish the, <laughs> the bully yeah. or whatever I, I just understand that it's just the like morals like just anybody would like that's just kind of how you're taught like it kind of goes back to the first question you asked me I grew up with a lot of fear I remember mm -hmm. and it still affects me today like I was scared of him I would I'm she posted videos before and I he would walk towards me and I would walk to the other side you of the duck. room and mm -hmm. I would duck because if he got close enough he would do something to me so I had to like run around I he, he chased me before um like thankfully he's never caught me because I was faster than him but if he did it wouldn't have been pretty and like I don't I just like whenever he walks behind me with the couch I like duck. even now you win I still do because mm -hmm. it hurts really bad and I'm really tender-headed now like it like, you know that from doing my dance hair like even a little <laughs> bit I would like uh. cry because it hurts so bad yeah you are very tender-headed. Yes. I was like a baby when he started doing it. So it's like, mm -hmm. no, I just, it's fun. I know. And I'm so sorry. I just, I mean, I, I don't know whatever to say, except I'm sorry. I just wish that I could, you know, it makes me sad again to hear that, you know, you're fearful of him. I understand why there are times he pulls my hair every time we get in the car mm -hmm. and you've seen me like tear up because it hurts so bad. But um, he grabs it from like the root too. He doesn't yeah. just like yank on the strands. He will grab it from the root. You can yep. hear it ripping out. Yep. Yep. Oh, buddy. Um, 
Well, we were just talking a little bit about obviously the hair pulling, but then um, he was a big banging and hitting person. And um, somebody wrote in and asked in the last episode you did, you mentioned um, that his banging and his hitting has made, has really heightened your anxiety and it's made it worse over the years, the noise and the, just the chaos. And um, the, the mom asked me like, what sort of things help you uh, get through that and cope with that now? I'm not kind of the same coping mechanism for literally everything. Um, like you said, my pacing, it's not anxiety induced though, is the thing. It's how I get into daydreams. It's, I've heard about it before. Like it is a common way to like, I don't know, escape, I guess, of how people get into it. They're like, go on a walk. And I do do it a lot and it helps and it's like an escape. And I just, it is escape from like literally everything. Like so you daydream, of, you mean? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because remember you, like, always catch me laughing, like, randomly, like, yes. to myself. That's why, because I'm just thinking of stuff and I'm making myself laugh. Or okay. if I'm pacing and laughing, it looks like I'm crazy, right? like, I swear. <laughs> it kind of does. You have a big grin like, on your face. I do look like a lunatic, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it works. Um, yeah. I just had a vivid... Like, I still do. As a kid, I had the most vivid imagination. I don't know if you remember, but I had my stuffed animals. I had so many, and they yes. all had names. And they were all related somehow. Like, personalities, backstories, like, everything. I would grab, like, random objects and make, like, stories with them. Huh. And I could, like, literally entertain myself out of anything. And that was just... And it did help me tune out what was going on outside my bedroom door. So, it got me through that. Do you think that's why you... Um, part of why you became such an avid reader? I mean, you... Your bookshelves are ridiculous with the amount of books you've read that you have in there. And I mean, you read a, a huge novel in like three days, mm -hmm. but that type of escape too, I would imagine into the characters, into the books, like you're really, I know when you're reading, you're really hard. You're very distracted. So like, if I say something to you, you're like, kind of, and it doesn't, like I do use escapism all the time, but it isn't necessarily like the biggest form of escapism the pacing is but i do, i can get like thoughts while i'm reading if i read like words that trigger stuff or just stuff like that i'm not ex safe from that when i read but like, i just like doing it to be honest that's just kind of my hobby i don't i think partly it is escapism but other it's just i just like doing it <laughs> like it's well, just fun and so you've you've come up with those ways um now that you're older but for parents who have younger kids um siblings are young um and they they can't really go into a make-believe world and maybe they can and just play make-believe do you have any now looking back is there anything that you think would have helped maybe if you did like when your your brother started banging and hitting and banging on the half out constant on doors and counters and just everything so um you know maybe like you said with your stuffed animals or if they're a young child they could go in a room and play boys or girls play with their toys and like develop yeah. this whole playland. I just, I think I just developed it from being just from the state that like just stress. I think it just kind of, I don't know. It was just my body's way of coping of stress. It's just, everybody does their own thing. And that was mm -hmm. just my thing. I've always had a really vivid um, imagination and I just, that was just naturally how I did it. I didn't even know I was doing it. I was just bored. So for me, what really helps me like get into it is music. Mm -hmm. I pace with music a lot. 
in the song like i can imagine stuff like with the song i don't know if that makes any sense to people who don't do it but it just, it's just more like what helps me get into it mm-hmm. and writing you used to I, do a I, lot of creative yeah. writing prompts and stuff i don't do it now because i'm just fearful that somebody can see it and judge me for it which is like from other issues that i have but um <laughs> but we're not gonna get into those today right, so <laughs> no um <laughs> i am really good at like coming up with writing and stuff like that mm-hmm. like I, I have a vivid imagination like i've been saying over yeah and, over, and i can just i don't know just escape into my head and like well that's good so I do have that talent. Like I have creative talents because of that. And that's just kind of how I've coped with everything. Well, would you find a group? Uh, we've talked about this before, I think, in the other episode, too. Mm-hmm. If there was a group for siblings with special needs, um, brothers or sisters, to go in and talk to others who can relate to you. Because you started out in the beginning saying, you know, there's just nobody that can relate to you and understand. And you and I have talked about you even starting um you know, a Facebook page or something for other kids because there's so many of you out there that have special needs siblings and they don't, you know, everyone that I've talked to, all of the parents have said, yeah, my child won't talk to anybody because no one can understand. So if maybe there was other 16-year-olds and other 10-year-olds that could relate to each other in the same age group, do you think that would be something helpful? I mean... To have had when you were younger even? Maybe... I mean, if you, like, if your kid wants to talk to me, I'll be happy to talk to them about it. Um, if you want to, like, give them, like, some kind of, like, contact information, I'll be happy to talk to your kid. Your kid. <laughs> <laughs> or you, if you're listening, um, <laughs> about it, just because it is lonely. It's understood. And I just, you know, you're, it is really lonely. But I have, because someone we, like, run into, she's like, oh, my kids are would say they talk to you, but I almost didn't. Want. They're older than you. I don't want to be the one doing the talking. I want to be the one helping almost. Like, I don't, I, I don't know why I didn't want to talk. I just didn't feel like, like, I don't know how to explain it, but I just didn't want to talk about it. So do you mean it would be easier for you to listen and then uh-huh. relate and uh-huh. say, I can totally understand that because, yes. and then share your part? Yeah. You don't want to start the conversation. I just don't want to like go talk to someone and just like tell them everything and then. We just both like complain together, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that's what, how it was going to go. Probably not. But I'm just saying, like, I just felt weird, like, seeking someone out and saying, like, hey, um, can I, I talked talk to, to your you? mom. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it is hard. I don't think as a kid I would have talked to somebody even then. Like, if, like, I'm saying, I like, I'll talk to them, but I was, I would have been like, yeah. Well, and you said, I mean, it. even but, as. But everyone's different. So maybe someone's like, finally, someone to talk to. And well, and maybe a younger child talking uh-huh. to someone who's it'll well, help a like, junior in high school like, might because your perspective is different than it was five years ago, even of course, it's totally different. So, yeah. um, do you have um, and you can admit it if you do, but um, one of the questions I always ask um, guests that I have on the podcast that are adult siblings, yeah. um, you 10 years from now, basically, uh-huh. I always ask them if they had any resentment towards their um, special needs brother or sister growing up or when they were young or through college years or even now as adults, like having a special needs sibling. Um, But it takes a while to get there. There have been other guests who have said, no, I don't really. 
there were a couple situations that I resented, like, man, that stinks. But it was interesting because one guest I had on said she actually felt guilty going to college. Mm -hmm. She felt guilty moving on with her life and having a career and having parents there, a family. No, just leaving her sibling, even though the sibling like yours maybe caused a lot of hardship and hair pulling and hitting and like, didn't really act like they liked, you know, like Skylar doesn't really act like he likes you. I know he loves you. And I know he knows you're his sister and all of that stuff. Even if you don't believe it, he'll spell it to you one day. I promise. But, um, so she just said, I never thought I would feel bad of leaving them behind. But do you have any resentment towards him at this point in your life? And if, if you do, you know, what, what would that be? I didn't as a kid because it was just wrong to quite honestly. And I just knew that just subconsciously, but I have resentment of the situation. I don't know if it's him like directed at him, but just the situation, like just our house, just how I grew up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause now I'm like, well, I'm in therapy for life probably. And <laughs> that's not all cause of him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have a lot of issues, but it was, um, <laughs> I'm just resentful. Like this sucks. Cause even if he did like, it's not uncommon to have a brother with autism. Like I know some people so like, Oh yeah, he has autism, but it's like nowhere near. They don't know what it's this. like. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's almost like so rare for it to happen too. like, not only does he have autism, but it's this like kind of autism. It's this bad. It's, of course, his behavior is, like, physical abuse. <laughs> like, that's his, of course, that's his behavior. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's, you know, yeah. I just got the short straw, I guess I'm trying to say. I was like, but I'm learning from it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it'll come help me later, just, like, how I, just the resilience that I have from it. And mm-hmm. I've learned to be self independent and mm-hmm. kind of deal with issues on my own because I did deal with it on my own for a long time up until therapy really because I never like talked about it but um it's just like I mean <laughs> so there's nothing specific I don't that you think think um I just it's think, not too far from now so we'll I see know. I guess mm-hmm. well I mean I guess you know to to round up that question I guess too is you know, now you're independent. I mean, you know, you've kind of waited all these years and you've kind of been stuck in your room and you really know where to go. Now you can drive, you have a job, you're starting to look at colleges and, you know, we're going to be going on college visits and doing those things. Can you see, you know, I guess on the flip side of my guest that I had on that was, you know, felt guilty for leaving, has that independence being able to drive and being able to, you know, be an adult, really young adult and do all these things, has that given you a, a broader picture of, you know, this isn't forever. I'm not going to be inside these walls forever. I'm like, so young and I don't realize it because it feels like I've been alive forever. But I'm so <laughs> Kendall. young. So truly, I'm like not even half your age. And it's Thank like, you. Like, I mean, it feels like it's forever, but I know I have so much ahead of me. Like, I'm not even, I haven't even started life yet, really. And it's, it's exciting though. It right, is to think really about. like, yeah. Cause I do get to kind of start over. I'm like, okay, I'm an adult now. Mm-hmm. Like I can be who I want to be. I don't need to ask mom's permission. Maybe if I eat a cookie for dinner. Well, I, I can do that. <laughs> I don't need to call her. She doesn't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> like I just. Well, I and I've know. already told you that it's um, kind of exciting, you know, it's, 
you don't have much longer here. And of course, I want you to spread your wings and like become this incredible ortho or this veterinarian <laughs> surgeon uh -huh. um, and all the things you want to do. And I'm so excited for all of that. But this part of parenting is hard too, because you're, I mean, like us sitting here right now, I mean, you're who I talk to <laughs> because Skylar can't talk back to me. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, it's going to, to let you go, but it's so exciting to see all the things that you're going to do that are amazing. And I know I say it a lot and I know you roll your eyes sometimes and don't believe me, but I know Skylar's proud of you too. And I know when you come home and tell us all about the college stuff and experiences that you're doing, he listens, he hears all of it. And you've watched him spell and you know, there is an 18 year old guy in there. It's just, you know, I have a lot of questions for him as do you. I will ask him, you know, why did you always go after your sister? Like, and it's his... not like, because if he was mad at you for not putting him into bed, but he had no reason to like be mad at me. I never did it. I just like literally just stood there. He hits the dog too, though. I yeah, mean, he, he hits does. anything and everything. So, you know, I mean, well, I mean, you're going to be able to look back and say, I made this. <laughs> I made this. This is mine. What you <laughs> stamp on this? Yeah. Oh Lord. And no. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I'm no, like I'm just a different part of my life, and I won't be here all the time. But yeah. I'm still, you know. Yeah. No, I'm excited for you. Uh -huh. Well, so um, I guess kind of wrapping up um, uh, the last couple questions that came in, uh, mm -hmm. and and I save these for last because. These are really great questions and I really want to know them as well. So what do you wish the world knew about you? If you're describing who Kendall is, what do you want people to know about you? Aside from anything else in your brother, nothing about your brother, like just you as a person. It is kind of a hard question actually, like just to think about it. Cause I don't give myself any credit. I know you, you know. don't. So there's number one. <laughs> I wish the world knew that I was really all these amazing I things. I guess just wish I knew, like, wish they knew how strong I was and how much I deal with every day. And I'll and get my schoolwork done and I'm still able to, like, just Straight A's. keep, yeah, I'm st I just keep going and I'm just, no one knows, like, how hard it is, I guess. And that it's, I don't know. I just want recognition for that, quite honestly. I just want to pat on the back, like, you're doing it. You got it. You know, you can. You're pushing through, you're figuring it out, and um, I guess just that's the only one I could think of at the moment. Because do we do a good enough job at that? I mean, sometimes you're like, okay, stop telling me you're proud of me. Oh my god, I love it when you tell me you're proud of me. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear it you say like, that. It's even if it was like you opened the door, <laughs> like literally, that made me so happy. I answered the door for like a. UPS. No, it was like a beer nose guy, I think. It was UPS. It was a, oh, it was. And I was feeding Skylar. And no, that was a different. <laughs> so for people that are confused. I forgot to tip him though. So Josh no. they called beer nose. Well, I thought he already tipped him when he paid for it, but he didn't. So Your anxiety is so intense that uh -huh. you don't like dealing with anyone. Like she doesn't like interacting. She doesn't like opening the door. She doesn't like, you know, any of that stuff. So it was, we joke about it, but it was, it's huge steps when she just willingly goes to the door and answers it when the pizza's delivered or I when a package a is delivered. And she has a job. Like, she has to deal with yeah. retail and customers uh -huh. and she's smiley and an excellent I worker think. and they love her. <laughs> so parents can tell their kids not enough that they're proud of them, right? Truly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's going to be annoying when you're younger, actually. Like, but now yeah. I'm like, thank you. I 
like when I did the interview over the phone, like they, oh for your job, they called me and <laughs> I was just like, uh, I the interview. I think you were. I was like, I just got a job. You were like, what? I was like, yeah. He just called me over the phone, asked me a couple of questions, said he's gonna like and then hired a job offer, and, and Josh was like, we did a happy dance. He bought me um El Nepal that night, so <laughs> that's a reward. He was so proud of me, and he texted all the grandparents and was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we texted everyone. Uh -huh. We're just always so proud of you. He posted I mean, on Instagram, which he never really does unless it's a holiday, like Mother's Day. And he's <laughs> like, I love my wife, but <laughs> but my daughter got a job. It's so rent, like, I don't know. Yeah. He really uh -huh. only posts for holidays and stuff like that. Well, I am proud about proud of you. And I, and I, <laughs> I will do a better job in making sure the world knows how strong you are because... Mm -hmm. Just you easy. doing, but just you doing this and being open uh -huh. is a huge amount of strength. There's a lot of people who don't talk at all. So, you know, I'm sure this will help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Well, the last question is, what do you wish the world truly knew about Skylar? I think always like at home. Because I mean, you can like paint a picture on social media and everything about like who he is, but just truly seeing him in action at home, it is different. And it's just like... Like, I don't know, he is really angry a lot, and I just, he's just mean a lot of the time, quite honestly. Are there any positives about Skylar? <laughs> just, like, it's not, don't compare your your child to social, like, to social media. People who follow you, they're, like, they don't see what, you know, it's really like at home, so... I'm pretty honest, though. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Most I of mean, the time, yeah. I don't hide anything, really. Yeah, but it's not It's not all um, unicorns and rainbows. Like, <laughs> you might want it to, like, we, it exists, and just ignoring it isn't going to make anything better. So. Yeah. Do you see, though, um, that he's in there? I mean, you've watched some of the spelling sessions and stuff. Are you... Were you as shocked as we were kind when of. he was spelling some of these words that you said I was pronouncing wrong? But yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the stuff he knows is, is incredible. That's why I have so much hope that and I know you, again, don't agree with me necessarily. But, you know, I truly believe that the vast majority of the behaviors and the hitting and that all that stuff, it is a form of communication. Um, it's just, can you imagine living 18 mm -hmm. years and never uttering a single mm -hmm. word and never being able to tell anybody that your stomach hurts and that you don't feel good or you're tired or you're hungry or anything. And you have to rely on charades for people to guess. And you just get more and more and more frustrated and angry because no one's listening to you. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't explain for him. I can't speak for him, but maybe there were times when, he was mad at me for maybe giving you your dinner first and making him go second. And he took it out on you because you were closer to his size. And yeah. he sometimes it was just random yep. too. Like I just like walked out of my room once and he was just there. And <laughs> like honestly, hallway just, collision. It just attacked me randomly sometimes. Yeah. And maybe he's jealous that you can do a lot of things that he's unable to do and he's struggling with. I mean, I don't know. Again, I cannot speak for Skylar. I'm doing my best to try to unscramble the, the mystery that mm. is his you know, reactions to things. But I mean, that's stuff I am mad about because I was 100% intentional. So, <laughs> okay. Well, like, we he can... swats like sometimes, but nah, that's like, he's trying to hurt me. So I don't well, know. 
I, I always try to, I mean, I know you can't just put a bow on everything, but I always try to find at least a positive about, you know, our household being the way that it is and autism entering our lives. Um, and I, I would hope that maybe you don't see it now, but that there is some positive takeaway from mm-hmm. being raised in a family like this no, and I having a childhood I'm like this. stronger than most people. I was more mature. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. well, I wouldn't say I was like more mature, mature, you like had emotionally. To, you had to grow up faster. But yeah, I did have to grow up really young. So I did, like, I am mature and I understand, like, I'm not going to go to college and just like drink and, you know, just like blow <laughs> everything off. Like, I'm going to take it seriously because I know I understand. Maybe I was more adult as a kid than I should have been. Which I hate, but it is what it is. From certain aspects. I was mature in certain aspects and immature in other ones. Yeah. So I was still a kid, obviously, but I wasn't like, you know. Well, is there anything if um, parents that are listening, you know, want their children to listen to this episode also, um, maybe it would help them knowing that someone else is voicing some of the same feelings that they may have. Is there anything as parents that we should absolutely focus on for our neurotypical um, children? If it's one-on-one time, is there anything, one thing that you could pick out that if they aren't already doing that they should really do to support their, all the kids in their family? I would put your kids in therapy a lot earlier because by the time I got to therapy, I was already like, you know, you were what? a little far gone. Like, I mean, she's not, not going to like far gone. I mean, I'm not like, but I just already had all these like deep but it, issues that were like really there. And I guess like it's, and I didn't have anyone to talk to too until I was like 12. Like I didn't want to talk to you about it. So, cause you didn't want to talk to me the younger. And I just, yeah. And so the younger you are like, just talk about, just give them someone to talk to. Because therapists can't tell your mom anything <laughs> unless it's like concerning, but no, it's, I'm serious. Well, it's, no, it's trusting because I, I can tell her whatever I want. Yeah. She can't just like, well, and I agree you. with you because you, you agreed to go when I brought it up. Like, I think you should maybe talk to somebody outside of the family. That's a third party and, you know, neutral and can listen to you and your feelings. And that it took you a year to trust her mm-hmm. and to really lay it all out there you're a totally different person now than you were three years ago. Even she says that, mm-hmm. um, with the minimal amount that I know, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, if it's something that you could bring up to your kids about talking to someone about their feelings, if there isn't a sibling group and if they don't feel comfortable talking to peers, their age that have special needs siblings, um, therapy, I mean, I'm a huge proponent of it. I've been in it my, most of my life. Yeah, but, <laughs> so, um, but if you need someone to relate to, because let me enjoy I don't think she can relate to me. I don't think. Well, I mean, no. I don't know anything about her life because we don't talk about her life. If you want to talk to somebody that can relate to you. I'd, or just listen. Yeah, I can. Because, I mean, I'm not your parents. I'm not going to get angry if you're like, I'm just, I resent my brother or I resent my sister or like this makes me upset. Um, if you're not comfortable talking to your parents. Mm-hmm. I understand not wanting to talk to your parents because it is kind of, I mean, I was worried that you were going to get upset that I was like truly struggling with it in the warehouses. So the only upsetting thing for me, um, is, was that you, 
I could tell were changing. You were spending a lot of time in your room and it was scary to me because, you know, having anxiety and depression later diagnosed with Uh both of those things. That's one place I did so tough balance between allowing you your space to get away from autism and your brother and all the stuff, but then allowing you too much space and then removing yourself from us and slipping away slowly. I was afraid that that would happen. So I was really glad that you agreed when I mentioned therapy, that that was something that you were all in on. And you're like, yeah, I think I I should talk to someone. That's, I think my biggest cautionary tale is to just keep a close eye on your kids. And if their personalities are changing, if they're Mm -hmm starting to become quiet and isolated and all of that, um, you know, just it, don't let that go by. And you do have to take into consideration too, if autism isn't the only thing, like if they're children of divorce, like I am, I mean, that's a mm-hmm. lot too, especially like I was three. Right. So mm-hmm. the stress of not only like my brother, but also two homes, two homes all of a sudden. And just, if there's more than that. It's definitely more like I would definitely get into therapy. Yeah. Sooner. If there's more than just that. Even if it is just autism, you just it helps to talk to somebody, and that you can like know you can trust. So mm-hmm. it's helped me being able to talk to somebody and not sugarcoat anything. So it's that's good. I would do that if you're comfortable, because not everyone's like comfortable with that. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's seven years old, I would have done that, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I always appreciate you wanting to talk and be on the podcast Uh and share your young knowledge Uh with people who are listening. Um, And I highly encourage all the listeners, if you have additional questions and other things that you're curious about, you can ask those questions of them, but maybe it can prepare you for later. Um, Things to keep in mind, maybe that Kendall shared, or if you have questions for me in addition, please uh, send me on Instagram or Facebook to my accounts and... um, let me know and Kendall would be happy to answer, answer those questions and I can uh-huh. relay her answers to you. Also keep in mind that Skylar is like, like every child with autism is unique. So, mm-hmm. and me too. So how I feel about it may not be how your child feels about it. Exactly. So it's not just, all, yep. you know, you guys are 18 and 16. So in it, like you, you know. said that the one girl you talked to felt guilty for leaving, but I don't. Mm-hmm. So it's just, It's It's just nice to hear different perspectives Uh because when she said that, I thought, oh my gosh, I wonder if Kendall feels like that. And I asked you and you're like, nope, I'm out of (laughs) here. I don't feel bad. (laughs) So, I mean, but it's just, I just don't know unless I ask the question. I don't know what to ask several of, I know this isn't you, but several of the adults, uh, siblings that I've talked to also went into careers around therapy, autism, that kind of thing. And I'm like, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Kendall would have nothing to do with that. I don't, honestly, from all like, it's mostly like a lot of my childhood has been like autism uh-huh. like, everywhere. So I just don't, it's, I don't know if it's selfish of me to say that I just don't want anything to do with it when I get older. It's not selfish I'm at just, all. like, it's been in my face because he's older than me. So my entire life. I'm just like, okay. Yeah, you want to forge your own path. I want to do something I get else. It. I don't want to do anything like special needs related because that's all it's ever been. Unless you have animals that come into your clinic that are special needs. <laughs> They're special needs animals. I don't think it's going to be the same though. <laughs> like I can't do like Maybe. <laughs> you could be the cat whisperer or something. Oh Lord. Well, thank you so much, Kendall, for, for being 
candid as always. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so proud of you. I'm going to have to say that, at least mm-hmm. get that in on this episode. I'm so proud of you. I feel so fortunate to have such a selfless, thoughtful, intelligent, hilarious, almost mm-hmm. sarcastic beyond measure, like her mother. But um, yeah. I'm just, I'm really fortunate. And I, and I love your attitude. And you could be very bitter, very angry, very all the things about your brother because he has not made it very easy on you. And I was at and one And I point, appreciate that. But it's okay to be bitter and angry. It really is. Like, as long as you how don't you hold feel, it in. It's how, if it's how you feel, then it is, it is valid how you feel. You're allowed to be angry mm-hmm. about it because it is kind of messed up. And it's... But if you hold it in, you'll end up with panic attacks like you had. Uh-huh. So, again, and we're big proponents anxiety, of talking anxiety. to someone. Just don't, like feel guilty about the way that you feel because it is the way that you feel and you can't do anything about it but if you try to talk to your parents just say like hey i'm feeling this way let me tell you why and let's talk about it and i don't think i promise they won't be mad at you they're going to appreciate that you're talking to them and that you're telling them why you're upset so they can help you because all they really want to do is just help you out no you've been a pretty easy teenager to i'm deal really with, good at just considering like, like suppressing things because which I've is not been healthy doing it my entire life subconsciously again like i just suppressed it and then i was like oh. not healthy not healthy it's not healthy if you especially if you don't know you're doing it but if you're doing it on purpose you don't do that well That's my advice. yes well <laughs> thank you thank you thank you for for doing this with me i know you've got homework to do and tests to study for and things to do so thank you so much for doing this and um if you guys want to hear more from kendall i will um update you and we can do another episode um and we can reveal which college she's gonna go to (laughs) (laughs) do an update in a year maybe (laughs) yeah so thank you all for listening yet again and um reach out to me if you have follow-up questions for kendall hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.